0: This is the Earn That Body Podcast, and today we are going to talk about mushrooms. We're actually going to talk about the kind of mushrooms that you eat (laughs) and if they bring health to you, what kind of mushrooms. I feel like mushrooms are a big thing right now. Um, I know they have definitely been for a while, but I am seeing them more and more, and people are talking about them more and more. I go to the farmer's markets here in Pennsylvania, which just, by the way, they're like the best farmer's markets I've ever been to. And I see mushrooms, 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 and my husband and I have been making them and cooking them and enjoying them so much that I thought I would do a deep dive into the benefits of them and see why they are all the rage right now. So I wanted to share all of that with you. So we're going to talk about all of that after this. And now it's time for the Eagle's Eye on Health. These are Kim's quick tips, latest health news, or piece of weekly inspiration. In today's Eagle Eye on Health, coming to you from U.S. News, there was an article that said what to eat, drink, and do when you are constipated such a lovely topic, but let's face it, nobody wants to be constipated. It, as I always say, having a bowel movement every day is essential, and if you don't have one, it could make or break your day, right? Or at least for me, (laughs) just being honest. So when I saw this article, I thought, well, any tips and tricks for people who are having trouble with a daily bowel movement? It's so important that uh, you get on top of it right away. Now the first thing they say is that sudden onset constipation that's not associated with changes to your diet can be a sign of something serious. So if you're not taking any medications or have any known predisposing medical conditions, it's a good idea to see a gastroenterologist Um, to find out if something more serious is developing. Now, sometimes you're going to be constipated. For example, you travel, you're very likely to be constipated. Uh, Sometimes there are medications you will take that will constipate you, but you would still maybe want to tell that to your doctor because you don't want to go for long periods by any means without having a bowel movement. Now what they recommend you do, some of the top things that they recommend you do, the first one. It's so important. It's exercise. So to really get things moving, one of the simplest things you can do is get moving. You want movement in your bowel movements and you want movement in your body. So going for a walk, a jog, they even say hopping in place, can definitely help you have a bowel movement. In fact, there was one study in 2019 that found that exercise could be used as an effective treatment for constipation. And we're not talking about excessive endurance exercise. Simply walking 10 to 15 minutes a day or engaging for several times a week in another aerobic activity like jogging or even swimming, that can help keep the gut regular. Exercises help the intestines squeeze and relax and act more normally. For those with limited mobility, Pilates, they say, can be done while lying on the floor. Even Tai Chi, we talked about that last week, can also assist in stimulating blood flow and intestinal activity. And really at the end of the day, you just have to move your body and that will generally help you have a bowel movement. So if you are sedentary, try not to be. Uh, You might notice after a surgery or something that all of a sudden you're constipated. And that's usually a combination of medications and being sedentary. So I personally find that standing upright, walking in the morning, not laying in bed will help stimulate a bowel movement. I do find like if I try on a Sunday to lay in bed and watch TV with my coffee and sort of relax, when I get up, those are the days I tend to struggle more with a bowel movement. And I feel like it's because I'm not sitting up, I'm not standing. And so that movement through the body definitely helps. Another thing they talk about, it's super obvious, but not to all, but you have to eat more fiber. So especially if you're someone who tends towards constipation, you've got to get the fiber up. Now, according to this registered dietitian, everyone should get at least 20 to 35 grams of fiber per day, and that's going to depend a little bit on your overall caloric intake. Now you do want to gradually increase fiber intake. You don't want to overdo it too fast and too much. So ramping up quickly can actually sometimes cause gastric discomfort, and it can even cause constipation if you overdo it too quickly and your body is not used to getting that kind of fiber. But over a period of a couple weeks, you should be able to build up your intake, aiming for that higher amount of fiber. Now, to do this, what kind of foods could you add? Things like oatmeal, apples, melons, squash, even avocados, carrots, and beets. They are all great to help you with constipation. So all good ones to get the fiber high. The next thing they say, you need to drink up, team. Staying adequately hydrated is always going to be such a key component of keeping your gut moving regularly and if you're truly dehydrated you are going to be more constipated so you want to really think about that if that's something that you're going through you're someone who tends towards constipation always make sure that you're staying well hydrated if there's not enough fluid to move the bulk from the fiber through you you're gonna be constipated it's as simple as that there's really nothing worse than eating a lot of fiber and then not drinking enough liquids to get it going, because that's going to make you gassy and super uncomfortable. So staying on top of your hydration is going to be key. Another thing that you could do, they said to eat more kiwi. And I thought that was interesting. I did not know this. They said that while prunes have a lengthy history of being known as the go-to food for going, Kiwi fruit has more recently earned similar and perhaps even better accolades for relieving constipation. There was a study in 2021 in the American Journal of Gastroenterology, and it said that consuming two peeled kiwis per day improved chronic constipation by significantly improving stool consistency, reducing straining, and reducing bloating. A 2023 study also published from the same journal found that eating two kiwis daily was associated with an increase in spontaneous bowel movements and improved gastrointestinal symptoms in people with constipation. Kiwi. Now, I found it interesting that they said peeled because I've always been told that all the best fiber is actually in the furry part of the skin. And you can actually eat that. When I have kiwi, I give it a good washing, a good scrub, and then I slice it up and I eat it with the peel on because you're gonna get even more fiber when you do that. But according to this article, if you have two that are peeled, it is still definitely going to help. So that's a good one to keep in mind. The next one they say you should add is artichokes and also almonds. So if you don't love fruit, Like, if you're like, I'm not having that kiwi, there's other ways that you can get the fiber. And sometimes it's like broccoli and beans and other legumes that's going to have stuff like that. But actually, artichokes have a ton of fiber fiber. Just one artichoke can help deliver almost 25% of the daily value of fiber that you would need in a day. And most of that is considered insoluble fiber. The majority of Americans need more insoluble fiber in their diets, which is fiber that stays intact in the body, and it actually doesn't dissolve in water. So artichokes are a really good one to get the job done. And they say that almonds will as well. Now they talk about if you have to, you could take a supplement. I am not into supplements, okay? So if you're really constipated and you talk to your doctor and they recommend a supplement, then I'm going to say, listen to your doctor. You always should. But I always tend to go with all of these food sources, hydration, like working up your fiber with natural foods like the artichoke, um, like broccoli, like we said, keeping the hydration high and moving your body. I think that's always going to be best over a supplement. And then the next thing the article talks about, you probably all know this one pretty well, drinking coffee or tea. That does actually get things moving as well, right? So they say that steaming a cup of java may have a lot to do with that routine of then going in the morning. Hot beverages, particularly those that contain a little bit of caffeine, can stimulate colonic activity. Coffee, even decaf coffee, contains something called chlorogenic acid. It is a compound that can stimulate the bowels, and it's more effective than tea or plain water, so a daily cup of joe might actually help make you go. And I just made that rhyme up as I was talking, so I'm pretty Proud of that. Okay. A daily cup of Joe might help you go. There you go. Don't forget it. If you're constipated, a little coffee in the morning. I'm talking one cup doesn't have to be too much, but it definitely can help. Now, hot water in general also can help with digestion. With my background in Eastern medicine, we often had our patience, drink some warm water after a meal, and it can sort of help digestion along. And in the morning, if you're not a coffee drinker, you could still try some warm beverages because sometimes I think it's also just the warmth of holding that hot mug, drinking the warm beverage that also kind of gets things going. So it's something else that you could try. Now, I thought this one was very interesting. When it comes to constipation, they say you should go easy on deprivation diets. So although foods affect different people in different way, they say that the low or no-carb diet can potentially increase constipation because it eliminates most carbohydrates, which is where the fiber is found. And they say that very low-fat diets our low-fat diets can also disrupt the bathroom routine. They found that many of their patients became very constipated when they would go on these completely fad diet, no fat, extremely low-fat types of diets because you do need some type of lubrication, they said. So, to go regularly they recommend that you eat foods that contain healthy fats like avocado and olive oil and that's what they're talking about when they're talking about lubrication they're talking about some of that fat oil and it's important to eat a mix of healthy food groups as well always keeping it really balanced but these super fad diets the no fat That's no good. No carb. That's no good. You got to keep it balanced. And if you don't, you might find that you are more tending towards constipation. Another thing they talk about, you got to go ASAP. (laughs) You know what I mean? When you get the urge to go, you need to go. And the longer you wait, the harder it will be to go so you don't want to be straining in the morning and you don't want to miss that opportunity so please take your time in the morning to sort of check in with your body and when you know it's time and your body tells you that it has to have a bowel movement you really want to head over to the bathroom right away and don't miss your opportunity (laughs) all right so that's what this article was about it talks about what to eat drink and do when you are constipated. uh, Things to keep in mind, really good for people who are struggling with constipation. I personally think you should have a bowel movement every single day. If you eat every day, you should be pooping every day. And if not, you probably don't feel fabulous. Now, some people have a bowel movement every other day. That's normal for them. They feel fine. If that's the case, I'd say that's okay for you. But honestly, going more than a day without a bowel movement, I wouldn't quite consider that normal. All right. So you may always want to check in with your doctor and find out if everything is okay. Now who wants to talk about mushrooms? And yes, we are talking about the kind of mushrooms you eat. We are not talking about other kinds of mushrooms. We're talking about the healthy, non-toxic types of mushrooms. They come in all different shapes, all different sizes, all different colors. And the ones that are not toxic are quite healthy, really tasty, and they have a lot of important vitamins and minerals. Now, for many years, they have been used for their unique ability to add flavor to a ton of different cultures, different types of cuisines. And they're actually a fungi, just so you know, so it's kind of amazing how popular they're getting because not many people you would think (laughs) would want to eat a fungi. But mushrooms are generally lumped into the vegetable category, but they are, in fact, a fungi. And mushrooms allow you to add a lot of taste without sodium and without fat, and that's why they are used so much in culinary dishes. Now, poisonous mushrooms can be hard to identify in the wild, so you should always be extremely careful. I do not recommend you ever eat a mushroom in the wild unless you really know what you're doing and know what you're eating. Instead, you are going to want to get your probably most common found types in the grocery stores. These would include your shiitake, portobello, cremini, button, white mushroom, oyster, all of those great mushrooms and at these farmers markets you will in fact see a lot more types of mushrooms and that's where you're really gonna see how they really do come in all shapes sizes and color and they kind of all have their own unique look and their own unique taste now when you're choosing your mushrooms please make sure you feel them they should be firm Uh, They should not be moist to the touch, and they should definitely be mold-free when you store them. It's a great idea to store them in a paper bag inside the refrigerator, and that should last at least five days. You want to brush the dirt off. You want to rinse them lightly right when you are ready to use them. Now let's talk about some of the benefits. To eating these mushrooms and just so you know the information today is coming to you from UCLA health the fantastic college I always wanted to go to UCLA just you know when I was growing up I lived in Los Angeles it was my dream to go to UCLA I did not get in I got into UC Santa Barbara which is when I where I went (laughs) but this comes to you today from UCLA health now the first benefit of mushrooms they say decrease the risk of cancer a review of 17 cancer studies from 1966 all the way to 2020 shows that eating just 18 grams of mushrooms and that's about equal to about an eighth of a cup or two medium mushrooms eating that much a day may lower your risk of cancer by as much as 45% that's huge Mushrooms are a powerful source of something called ergothionine. I hope I'm saying that right. It's a very interesting spelling. And it's amino acid, an antioxidant that prevents or slows cellular damage. Now some mushroom varieties like shiitake, oyster, mataki, and king oyster, they have higher amounts of the ergothionine, but researchers found that incorporating any variety of mushrooms into your daily diet will lower your risk of cancer. I mean, that's enough right there that we all should be incorporating mushrooms into our diet. They say daily. So, I mean, if you can do it, that's awesome. Chop some up, throw them in your eggs with that spinach. They're pretty easy to add to almost any meal. Now, the next thing they say, lower sodium intake. So, sodium and high blood pressure, they usually go hand in hand, right? Sodium causes the body to retain that excess fluid, which then increases blood pressure. To decrease your sodium intake, you could add mushrooms to your meals. The mushrooms are naturally low in sodium. So an entire cup of white button mushrooms, it only has 5 milligrams of sodium. And they're so savory, they literally, they have so much flavor that it reduces that need for you to then add extra salt on your food or into your recipe. Now, a study from the Culinary Institute of American in UC Davis shows that swapping half of the meat for mushrooms in a traditional ground beef recipe can maintain flavor while reducing the sodium intake by 25%. So I really like that they said that. They didn't just say, take all meat away and only eat mushrooms. They did a half and half, and I think that is a great way to get a little bit of both. The third thing that mushrooms do is they promote lower cholesterol. They make an excellent substitute, this time they want you to substitute, for red meat, and it minim, it's very minimal in calories, it's minimal in fat, and it's very minimal in cholesterol. Research does show that shiitake mushrooms in particular, they help keep cholesterol levels low. They contain compounds that inhibit the production of cholesterol, block cholesterol from being absorbed, and lower the overall amount of cholesterol in your blood. Again, another fantastic reason to start including mushrooms in your diet. The fourth thing they do, protect brain health. Researchers continue to study the effects of eating mushrooms on mild cognitive impairment. They call that MCI. And MCI causes memory and language difficulties, and it's often a precursor, unfortunately, to Alzheimer's disease. They did a study in Singapore where participants who ate more than two cups of mushrooms a week had a 50% lower risk of developing MCI. Even those who ate only one cup saw benefit. The mushrooms eaten by participants included golden oyster shiitake and white button mushrooms fantastic we definitely want to help our brain health another easy thing to just add those mushrooms the fifth benefit is that they provide a source of vitamin d now vitamin d helps your body absorb calcium to maintain and build those strong bones that we really want team especially as we're aging And many people rely on supplements or even the sun to get that vitamin D. But if you're looking to get this nutrient through your diet, then actually mushrooms might be the best way to go. And they are the only type of produce that is a source of vitamin D. Now, like humans, certain mushrooms exposed to UV light or sunlight can increase their vitamin D amounts. White button... Portabella and cremini mushrooms provide the most vitamin D after exposure to UV light or sunlight. To get the recommended daily amount, they say you should slice three mushrooms or one portabella, expose them to sunlight for at least 15 minutes, and then you can enjoy them. I think that's so interesting. I have never, ever heard of someone cutting up their mushrooms and then putting them in the sun. But now I actually want to go do that because that's so interesting. Eating a little more than one cup of a a maitake mushroom achieves the same goal without the need for the sun exposure. So there you go. You can get that different kind and then you don't have to give it a tan. (laughs) But so interesting that it will actually absorb that vitamin D. Number six, they stimulate a healthier gut. The microbiome in your gut is home to organisms and bacteria, and they all play such a large role in your overall health and even in your mood. One way to keep your gut healthy is to stimulate the growth of healthy bacteria in that space with the use of prebiotics like mushrooms. Research shows that mushrooms, or I should say research shows that mushroom polysaccharides Their most abundant carbohydrate is what stimulates the growth of the healthy bacteria. And even though many foods break down with stomach acid, the polysaccharides found in mushrooms, they pass through the stomach unchanged and can reach the colon to encourage that bacteria growth right there. So I... As you know, I do not take supplements. I do not like to take anything that comes in a pill that was man-made. So for me, this is fantastic because I don't want to take the prebiotic pills that they sell. But I can use mushrooms. Once again, food is our medicine. Food is our fuel. And mushrooms can do the same thing to act like that prebiotic to help a healthier gut. And we all need help with a healthier gut. So that's amazing. Number seven our final thing that, our final benefit, I should say, that mushrooms can do, they're going to support a healthy immune system. Mushrooms contain macronutrients that support a healthy immune system. And according to the Mushroom Council, your immune system will benefit from mushrooms whose nutrients include selenium, And selenium is what helps your body make antioxidant enzymes. That's going to prevent cell damage. And for selenium, if that's something your body needs, you want to choose the cremini or portobello mushrooms. They're going to give you the most benefit. Also, vitamin D, which assists with cell growth, boosts immune function, reduces inflammation, and they did say that the maitake mushrooms offer the best for vitamin D. And then there's vitamin B6, which helps your body form the red blood cells, protein, and DNA. For that, they recommend shiitake mushrooms as the best choice to really bump up the vitamin B6. All of these are fantastic reasons that we should all be eating mushrooms. Now, I would say one mushroom that really got a lot of play um, several years ago, and people still talk about it for sure, is cordyceps. And so, I'm not sure if you've ever heard of cordyceps, but basically, it is a genus of a parasitic fungi and it grows on the larva of insects. Isn't that delicious? It's funny because it became so popular, and I honestly feel like no one knew that information. So basically, when these fungi attack their host, they replace its tissue and sprout long, slender stems that grow outside the host's body, and the remains of the insect and fungi have been hand-collected, then dried, and then used in traditional Chinese medicine for centuries. And why they would take it and what it was treating is fatigue, sickness, kidney disease, and the reason why it got popular, low sex drive, right? That's all it takes is for a supplement company to hear that it helps low sex drive or aging, and they're going to market the heck out of it, which is what they did with cordyceps. So supplements and products containing cordyceps, Or it's really the cordyceps extract, just so that you know. They've become super popular, and like I said, it's pretty much because they were marketed for low sex drive. It's going to increase your sex drive, and it's going to have anti-aging properties, right? Well, of the more than four hundred species of cordyceps discovered, two have become the focus of most of the research. It's cordyceps sinensis and also cordyceps militaris, and how they they really make a point of saying in this uh, article that much of the research is limited to animal or lab studies. Do you know what that means, everyone? That everyone who is buying cordyceps should understand that health experts currently cannot draw conclusions about how it even affects people. That kind of research has not really been done that much. And so a lot of the information about cordyceps and all the marketing that was done, and you perhaps you bought it back in the day or still buy it today or still use it. Most of the information, um, or I should say studies, were never and have not yet been done on people. So they cannot really say if it can help you. Now, they do say that what was tested on people was um, cordyceps being used to... M- enhance exercise performance. And so they did do those tests, and it did, in fact, help improve exercise performance in older and younger adults. So that is one positive for sure. But they also said, I thought it was really interesting, they said it did not have any impact on well-trained athletes. So you had to be an older or younger non-athlete, basically, to get any improvement in the exercise performance. But when it came to anti-aging properties they said it is unknown if it applies to humans and so i think that's really important that once again the marketing industry took over they hear anything that might help your brain and your focus and your sex drive and your aging and they're gonna market the heck out of it they're gonna go with it even if it doesn't necessarily do that so we did use cordyceps back in the day. As I, um, I've i said before, I my background is in Eastern medicine. I used to prescribe a lot of herbs to my patients. And cordyceps definitely had a role um, in depending on what was wrong with them and the root cause and what we were treating. But I will tell you this, in Eastern medicine, we don't prescribe herbs to be taken forever. The goal of Eastern medicine is to prescribe a formula for you to treat the root cause of a problem, to fix that problem, and then to wean off of it and not need it, but rather use the herbs to build the body up so it can then take care of that problem by itself. And I think the problem with cordyceps is that it became this marketed thing that people, you know, were told to take daily forever. And that's really not how it was ever intended in Chinese medicine. So when you also hear, oh, but this has been used in Chinese medicine for thousands of years, and yes, it has, But it was never meant to be taken daily forever which is what society has done to that today so just sort of a little side segment on fungi um, in case that is something that you've heard about or ever wondered about that's really everything about mushrooms i find the information to be fascinating it has definitely pushed me to believe that not only should i have protein every day healthy carbs every day fat every day, vegetables every day, fruit every day, grains every day. I have whole grains every day. I try to have um, nuts every day. But now I also would really love to try to have mushrooms. And now every day sounds like a lot, so I don't know if I'm going to have them every day. But like I guess if, like, I had a chef, I would say just make sure you include this every day. <laughs> and I would vary the mushrooms for sure as well. Um, but it's definitely something that I am going to start including several days a week. For me, I feel so lucky I can go to these farmers markets and get these incredible varieties. And I think variety is always key because as you heard, certain types of mushrooms have the different nutrients and the different benefits. And so to vary that as much as you can is always going to benefit you and your body the most. So there you have it. Go out, eat your mushrooms, get all the health benefits that you can. And just remember that the Earn That Body podcast is always here to bring you health, fitness, and nutrition information you can put into play right away. Have a great week, team. For more information about Kim Eagle's online programs, go to EarnThatBody.com. Or check out Earn That Body on all forms of social media, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and YouTube.